Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Star Wars Meanderings and Ramblings. I'm your host, Kiri Mohan. Um, as a reminder, you can find me on Instagram at the Virtual Jedi or my business account, Virtually Kiri. I'm also on LinkedIn. And of course, there's my blog where there is tons of old Star Wars stuff because I had it for about 10 years before I switched to podcasting. So it's at Star Wars Anon, A N O N dot wordpress dot com and you can get updates there whenever i release a new blog post slash audio post slash podcast i wanted to check in because today is as we know real star wars day why is it real star wars day because this is the day in 1977 where a new hope which wasn't even called a new hope but star wars was originally released in theaters. And there's a lot of hubbub and fanfare about May 4th, which is May the 4th be with you. And everyone now calls it Star Wars Day so much so that my daughter on her, she's she's seven, but on their like calendar of events even had May 4 as Star Wars Day and we're encouraged to wear Star Wars clothing and all that. So it's it's kind of permeated our pop culture in a way that even 20 years ago wouldn't have even been imaginable. But then again, 20 years ago, Lucasfilm wouldn't have been sold to Disney, right? I believe from previous research I've done that um, May the 4th was this marketing slogan in Canada that kind of took off because of Twitter and whatnot, and then it just grew in size. I should probably look that up again. But I have always been kind of a purist and feel like May 25th is Star Wars Day and we should recognize that because that is without May 25th and the, the movie going to theaters, we would have never had Star Wars, right? So May 25th. Fun fact, George Lucas' birthday is actually in May as well. So May is just, you know, a big thing. It's a big thing. Uh, okay. So I've been trying to think about what I want to say, right? Like May 25th, like, do I talk about how Star Wars has affected my life? Do I talk about the movie? Do I talk about something random? Like, for instance, on Instagram, I call this my calling in life. But anyway, there's like reels on Instagram and people will post stuff and then I'll just like put in a comment of how I truly feel. And I made a comment a few weeks ago about Darth Maul and how I was really upset that he came back to life and I wish he had never come back to life. And <clears throat> excuse me. And I basically got blasted into oblivion on Instagram by other commenters. Just even someone said, what the F is wrong with you? That's all they said. Like everyone loves Darth Maul. And I was like, no, you know, I, I loved Darth Maul and the Phantom Menace. I absolutely, he was the coolest creature. I mean, I don't know, creature, whatever. You know, he was the coolest bad guy, cool Sith. And it really heralded in this new era of Star Wars. And I will never forget when Darth Maul, you know, sheds his cloak and the double-bladed lightsaber. He is awesome. I just didn't like him coming back to life in the Clone Wars. And then he was there in Rebels. And then he finally was in the real life, you know, they brought him back in Solo at the end of Solo. And I was like, oh, it's legit now. I can't ignore it anymore. But they've been ignoring him because of that whole, like, big fiasco on social media. I don't really want to get into it because that's inappropriate, but you can look it up. Ray Park, Darth Maul. I don't think they're going to be using him anymore, so maybe they'll forget he was in a real-life movie. Anyway, I'm totally meandering and rambling. The point of the story was one person did leave a very interesting comment to me. He said, so 
what would you prefer? If you had to pick, would you rather Palpatine not return from the dead or Darth Maul? And I was like, that's a really hard question. I disagree with both. So I was like thinking maybe I just make this podcast about that, like this audio blog, just make it about Darth Maul returning versus Palpatine, which is worse. I've decided not to do that, but I will say I landed on Palpatine. It just messed with the storyline way more than Darth Maul. Anyway, hmm. I've decided instead to talk about how I think you should follow your dreams, as corny as that sounds. I have been rereading The Cinema of George Lucas, which I will put in the show notes for you um, in case you haven't read it. It's a big book, but it's got great photos. It has like stuff from his American Zoetrope days, and it's just really, really interesting. Um, But I, I... when I was rereading it this time, and I haven't read it in like 10 years, I was struck by how he really just followed Lucas, really followed what he wanted to do. Now, were there moments of doubt? I'm sure the book doesn't go into that, but it starts really way back when with his dad. Um, his dad built a business from the ground up and wanted George Lucas to take it over. He was building it to give it to his son, according to this biographer. And Lucas, when the time came, um, George Lucas said, no, I'm really not interested in that. He was actually very interested in photography at that point and race cars. So for those of you who don't know, George Lucas got in a horrible, horrible car accident when he was a teenager. He was racing and, well, he wasn't racing. According to the biographer, he was driving along this road and this friend was speeding fast and wanted to, you know, um, show off and basically clipped him and sent him flying and and the car wrapped around a tree the only reason why George Lucas survived was because he was thrown from the car right before it hit the tree. So after that experience, he was like, maybe I don't want to be a race car driver. That kind of, you know, I think he was only 17 or 18 or something. And he was like, that's just scary. No, thank you. So he got really into photography, specifically photographing cars. He was into that. Um, and he decided to go to school for photography and art. He was really into art. And his dad just was like shocked. You know, he didn't even want to pay for him to go to college because he he was like, there's no money in art. And how many times have we heard that? There's no money in art. And I would say 98% of the time that's true. <laughs> but but George stuck with it. And he went to USC when they had this film program. And a lot of these like new Francis Ford Coppola was a graduate from there. Charles Lippincott went there and um, he decided to go into the film industry and he really wanted to do like a uh, film industry I mean film degree he wanted to do documentaries um but then he ended up going down this road of becoming a director and that was like the first time I thought you know that's interesting like his dad really wanted him to take over this business and I think a lot of kids would feel pressure to do that but he said no then later on in the biography we obviously get into the big studios and the big studios his first burn so to say, it was with THX 1138, which I learned on this rereading. The THX name was this play on the word sex um, because that's kind of like the underlying, I don't want to say it's the underlying theme or an impetus. Or like, I don't know what it is, but you know, it's like the catalyst almost for THX 1138 if you haven't seen it. And it was, he made that name to sound like sex. So I think it's actually pronounced sex. I haven't seen the movie in years, so I don't. I don't remember if like, I, I don't think they do though. I think they say THX. But now in my head, I'm starting to say sex. <laughs> anyway. Um, 
so the the Warner Brothers has given money to Lucas as like up and coming because his student films had done really well in some festivals. And he had done a short of THX. It was called THX 1138-4EB, I want to say. And that short, Spielberg had seen it and thought it was amazing. Not that that means anything, but it does. But Spielberg wasn't that big then. So anyway, he he's making this more feature film on the um, – it was the first film that American Zoetrope had put out there. And Warner Brothers just wasn't happy with it. They had funded it. They were like, what is this movie? It's so weird. They wanted to focus on like these different characters in the movie that Lucas didn't want. And he just was like furious with them. And he stood his ground and, and refused to um, really – let them, you know, take these characters and push them to the forefront. But it left a really bitter taste in his mouth. And he said, you know, I'm not going to be working with these big, big blockbuster places anymore, right? These big movie studios. I want to work on my own. So it's kind of what he did with um, American Graffiti. And as we know, like, so or maybe you don't know, but American Graffiti is on AFI's top 100 movie list. And it's like one of those movies that they put in the vault in case, I don't know, our earth blows up and people find it later. I don't know. But it's like put in the vault forever. It's like this is very reminiscent of of America culture, American culture at this certain time of life. So Lucas then starts making Star Wars. And one thing I thought was interesting from the biography was how much he loved the Kurosawa, Kurosawa you never sorry, Kurosawa films. And, if you know, he likes The Hidden Fortress. A lot of people say A New Hope is very much based off of A New a Hidden Fortress. And I've watched A Hidden Fortress and I would say, yes, there's a lot of similarities. But what he really liked about Kurosawa's films and Japanese films in particular is that they threw someone into their film and the culture and everything and they didn't do any explaining. A lot of American films at that point, if you were thrown into something else, they did a lot of explaining and the like. So you kind of were brought up to speed, especially with science fiction films. But he decided with Star Wars, he'd like to take that kind of, what's the right word, style and put that into Star Wars where you're just dropped in and there's no explaining. Unfortunately, when he's going around and pitching this, um, no one wanted to work with him. Because obviously, THX one one three eight wasn't great. American Graffiti actually hadn't come out yet, so he was pitching this Star Wars movie before American Graffiti had come out. And there was like some articles by critics saying like George Lucas is the next like forefront director of this new way that films are going, like along the lines of Francis Ford Coppola and stuff. And then there were also. Um, you know, the money side of it, where the big studios are like, oh my gosh, his films, even though critically acclaimed, have been flops. So what do we do? So obviously, 20th Century Facts, Alan Ladd Jr., and I've talked about this before, he was able to see American Graffiti before its release. And he decided to take Lucas and, you know, be his ally, basically. And he put, so Lucas put his draft of his script together, and he started working on Star Wars. And Star Wars just hit hurdle after hurdle after hurdle and Lucas was exhausted he wanted to give up but he didn't I mean the studio just kept pushing back at all the risks he was taking for instance he took risks on the actors he wanted unknown less recognizable actors because he felt that when there's less recognizable actors you know you're not you're drawn into the story you're not drawn into the, who the person is and the actor which kind of makes sense like I feel like sometimes when I've seen a film with like 
Brad Pitt. Like Brad Pitt is the film. The film isn't the film, right? And so I, I understand where he was going with that. Um, and the studio was when they actually pushed Sir Alec Guinness on, on Lucas because they wanted someone recognizable to help hopefully bring in more money. <laughs> but, you know, it just is interesting to me, like all the battles he had with, with, or not even battles, but different obstacles that came across his path as he was growing up to finally build Star Wars. And when we get into actual making of Star Wars, obstacle after obstacle, like the sands of Tatooine, or at least, you know, Tunisia made it just like machines didn't work. Sets would blow down. It was so hot. And it was just, you know, Lucas was just down in the dumps. Like nothing was working. If I don't know if you guys have watched um Light and Magic, the Disney Plus documentary docuseries on ILM. But I mean, they talk like Lucas is off in Tunisia trying to do like film and in Elstree Studios. And then he comes back to California and these kids are that he hired for ILM, their kids at that point are basically effing around and not getting the stuff done. And he's furious. He's like, I know there's a way to do this. You guys have to get down to it. And they did manage to somehow get it together. But all this time, he stuck to his gut. He stuck to what he believed in, and he followed his dream. And things got infinitely I don't want to say infinitely. Let me take that back because Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi ran into issues. But he got it was a little bit easier after Star Wars. And he just pushed through it and followed his gut from the moment his dad said, you're taking over my business to just throughout his whole life. He said, this is what I'm going to do. And I don't care. This is what I'm going to do in my life. And I guess it's resonating with me right now. I'm shifting my business. I'm changing my business. And I was reading this book and I was like, what if? My first business I've, that I've been running for eight years, my virtual assistant business. What if that's my THX 1138? What if my next business I'm building right now? What if that's American Graffiti? And maybe there's something like still there's so much more for me, right? Maybe, maybe Star Wars is in my future. And that got me excited. And I was like, the only reason, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm, excuse me, it's early in the morning. <laughs> I said, to myself, you know, maybe the only reason he was able to get to Star Wars is because he kept following what he believed was right and and didn't care what other people said. He did give way at some point. You know, he did um, compromise on some things. But by the time he got to Empire, he took a loan out from the bank and financed the entire sequel by himself because he didn't trust the big studios anymore. And a lot of people argue that that was the great, the best Star Wars film. I mean, some people say no, but it, it's just like what I'm trying to say is maybe follow. We should follow our guts more often. Maybe we should follow our dreams more often. And maybe this is not the best time to do it, as the economy stinks right now in America and people are losing their jobs. But maybe there's a way to look at this as saying, "This is a time for me to think about what do I really want? What is making me happy? I know there's obstacles that are going to be in the way. No one." ever has obstacles. When you see successful people, they didn't get it overnight. They were faced with trial after trial. They were faced with THX 1138. Then they went to American Graffiti and then no one wanted to hang out with them and they ended up making Star Wars. You know, like you just got to think of it like that. And 
So on this real Star Wars day, I really hope everyone just takes a moment and thinks about what they want for the rest of their life. And are they on the path to get there? And that's that's basically the point of this. So I hope everyone enjoyed this. Hope it's given you something to think about. And without George Lucas, remember, without May 25th, 1977, we wouldn't have Star Wars. So this is real Star Wars Day. And we got to thank George Lucas for it. So, yep. Um, may the force be with you. If you want to connect with me, talk about this a little bit more, you can leave a comment on my blog, starwarsnon.wordpress.com. You can find me on Instagram at the Virtual Jedi or virtually Kiri or LinkedIn, Kiri Mohan. And I love Star Wars and happy real Star Wars Day to everyone.